You're listening to the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Find all of our shows at wearelibertarians.com. All right, let's get back to some boring subjects. Understand the risk to our country. Freedom brings people together. You're listening to the We Are Libertarians network. Learn more at wearelibertarians.com. Hey, welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Today is part two of our conversation with Dr. Eric Larson of the Paradox Podcast, and we delve a little bit more into Omicron and COVID and try to figure out what the heck's going on there and uh, how to talk about it responsibly. So stay tuned. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is plush care. PlushCare is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it... <clears throat> a real POS. You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com system. Warning. This show is for adults by semi-adults, so the language is sometimes strong and offensive. Uh, I don't know what I said. Uh. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Our goal is to help you sound smarter while talking to your friends. If you struggle to understand politics, we explain it from an independent, libertarian point of view. With all of the irreverence it deserves, we toss out the screaming heads, put people before political parties, and give context to the news to make you think. Now, here's our host, Chris Spangle, a 15-year veteran of politics and media. Welcome to the Chris Spangle Show. Thank you for joining us. We're so excited that you are here, and we want to thank you for uh, just being a part of this and being a part of the We Are Libertarians podcast network. Listen to all of our shows. You can find those over at wearelibertarians.com. Now, before we start, I always want to thank all the members of We Are Libertarians Plus. You're the reason the show and network exist, and you can support the show by going to joinwallplus.com. And you'll learn about all the great benefits of subscribing. Not only will you support a network that just tries to bring you some good, solid information about what's happening behind the headlines, but you also get commercial-free shows. You get some merch, and you get to hear all the back catalog. We don't put all the shows uh, in, in, you know, I don't want to get canceled. Uh, we want to thank especially our $100 a month members, John Pusillo, Casey Feldposh, Lars Nordskog, Jakey Dell, Matthew Durbin, Reinhold, Christy Avery, and Jason Doolittle. You guys are all-stars for contributing at the level that you do and helping us to continue the operations of this great network that houses shows like The Brian Nichols Show, On the Run with Rimzo Martinez, and now The Paradox Podcast. That's P-A-R-A-D-O-C-S. Uh, and basically, it's a, it's a play on words because Dr. Eric Larson, as you heard in the last episode in part one, interviews various doctors. So it's a one-on-one conversation with a pair of docs. And today, he and I talk a little bit about COVID. Uh, we wanted to get into uh, how he's talked about it, how it's been covered, and how to approach it when talking about it, what's going on with Omicron. 
and uh, and more. So, and we talk a little bit about some of the episodes that he's done on COVID that I think you'll find really interesting. And uh, and just please go check out the show. I think you will find it a great resource to fully understand what's happening in the medical field, so you can make great decisions for you and your family that help protect you. And we want to do a show where we take your questions on COVID and Omicron and masks and vaccines and all that stuff. So he's agreed to answer questions. So send me your questions on COVID at editor at wearelibertarians.com. I shouldn't be answering those questions and doing research. I'm going to let a trained medical professional have a conversation with me about that and answer your questions directly. I just think that's a little bit more responsible and a little bit of a better path. So if you have questions on COVID because you're just kind of stuck in the middle and don't know what is going on and need some clarity, please send a question to editor at wearelibertarians.com and I'll do that episode with Dr. Eric Larson at a later date and air that. So without further ado, here's my conversation with Dr. Eric Larson of the Paradox Podcast. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Do you have a point of sale system you can trust or is it a real POS? You need Shopify for retail. From accepting payments to managing inventory, Shopify POS has everything you need to sell in person. Go to shopify.com slash system, all lowercase, to take your retail business to the next level today. That's shopify.com slash system. You know, with Omicron, I saw on CNBC that 70% of people don't go to the hospital or it was less than Delta. I mean, Delta, I had the original. I had the classic. Uh, and no, it was we had Delta's like the third rate. That's like the wild type is long gone. That oh, was like last so year, the the classic was like a cold. It was like a bad cold. Delta w- was like racing heartbeat. Like it was, it was, it would took me out for about three to four weeks. It was rough. Um, Omicron sounds sort of like the classic in that it's you know people are kind of getting colds, runny noses. You know, is that a good sign that that, that this is hospitalizing less people? We see, the cases are off the charts. Obviously, and that's not good, but, you know, where are we at with Omicron and and kind of the, as much as we can know about where this virus is headed? So when I talked to Monica Gandhi two, three weeks ago, Omicron was just a thing like about a week. Uh, It had just been identified in South Africa. Although it sounds like it actually first identified, they've looked back, they found it first in Italy, which is interesting. Um, but anyway, uh, so there was a lot of uncertainty about Omicron. It seemed like it might slightly be better, but that was sort of like the very, very preliminary findings. I think now there's unquestionably it's not as it's not as virulent, I meaning it doesn't get you as sick. How less than than the previous strains? And I think most of the strains before the wild type that um, was back in 2020, Alpha, and then Delta, I think they are all pretty much as virulent. They didn't. None of them were like get you less sick, but they're more infectious as each strain. And you'd expect in nature in nature that you'd get a more fit virus that would as it becomes more fit, it outcompetes the previous strains. And so that's what you expect. And uh, the virulence, you don't know what's gonna happen. It might get more deadly or it might get less. Everyone always says, Oh, well, for sure gets less. Well, that's not always the case. And so there's no reason to think that this virus would get less virulent, meaning it would get you less sick. All the virus cares about is replicating and getting to the next person and to getting to as many next persons as they can. And so that's that makes it more fit and it's going to be more successful in the wild over other uh, coronaviruses. And so, you know, if it makes all your hair fall out, well, it doesn't care as long as you get to it gets to the next person, right? And so there's no reason to assume it's going to behave a certain way as far as virulence. 
one expects so generally over time though what happens is as things become more infectious they they generally become less virulent and that's and that probably other coronaviruses cause the same same thing and we look at OC43 which is the, the last coronavirus that's the fourth endemic coronavirus before this one to escape humans into or escape animals into humans which is around the end of the 1800s it was probably called the russian flu at that time it was kind of sweeping around the world it got people really sick now it just causes a cold and so it, there's every reason to believe that once you get exposed to this as a small child and also these variants get more less virulent that you're going to they're going to be you know less troublesome and i think you're seeing that with omicron i think you've seen a, a one virus that they've actually they're now they found reasons why it doesn't adhere as well to the lung tissue it's just better in the upper respiratory infection it replicates very quickly but then it kind of gets it burns out real quick because it can't get anywhere else and so i think there's every reason to think that this is the first variant to become less virulent and probably the next ones will be less no way to know that for sure until you know time comes but i think every indication is that this is much much less uh, dangerous and the key of course is remembering that it is still the basic same backbone of coronavirus SARS-CoV-2 that the other one, the wild type was. So there are differences in the spike protein. That's the thing that binds to your cells. Hmm. Um, and that's what the vaccine is actually targeted towards. But there are like 110, I think I was talking to Gandhi and she said there are 110 targets on the, on a spike protein that you can make antibodies for. And this Omicron is 30, has 34 mutations from the original. So that means if you may, if you got infected with, uh, with the original you know, back way back, you know, mm-hmm. the original yeah, I got it like you the still first have, week of April, right? You still have all the different, um, you still have antibodies for probably most of the targets, right? There's, you know, even if it's 34 different, you still have 80 some that are going to be similar in this, in this new variant. So there's no reason to think that you would, that it would evade your immune system completely. Again, the caveat that you're still going to get infected. You're not going to have maintained circulating antibodies that are going to pre- prevent you from getting, um, getting infected. But you will quickly develop an immune response. And that's why probably even whether you've been vaccinated or whether you've had um, uh, had a, a, we'll call it natural infection. I mean, I guess all infections are natural. But if you had infected actually with the, the SARS-CoV-2 in the wild, you're going to develop that long-lasting immunity, cellular immunity, unless you have some sort of problem with your deficiency of the immune system, i.e. you've got immunocompromised in some way, you're on medications, or you're old, right? right. <laughs> those are the main. Those are the main things. As you age, things just don't work as well, and so that's why, you know, these vaccines and they don't keep you out of the hospital still because you got other things going on, other problems, and just your body doesn't work as well. So that's why maybe you need three, bo- maybe you need two boosters. I don't know if you're old to get that actual initial cellular immunity. But either way, once you get that cellular immunity, you are not golden. You're not going to stay healthy forever. You're still going to get sick, but you're not going to get as sick. And that's what we see. What we're seeing, and until everybody on the planet. Every single person has that immune cell immunity. It's we're going to have these problems of hospitalizations and other things. Obviously, people get born, and so they don't have that uh, endemic. But they will get that immunity also as they, they encounter the virus. The yeah, wild. my friend's kids were born. The, the, she had been vaccinated during the pregnancy. He was born with the antibodies. So okay, so I had the classic, and then I had Delta. Um. Why did I get Delta? So, so, so what, what, so antibodies wear off, but your body still, because what you were talking about with Dr. Gandhi was the, it's a variant, right? So it's not a different, these are not different diseases. You're still getting the same disease, but a variation of the disease. So I clearly had, um, antibodies had worn off when I got Delta. Uh, I, I, 
if if my body had some natural infection early on, I, we couldn't get a test. Tests were like nine hundred dollars at that time. You know, I, I mean, it was too early. So we we had all the symptoms, the red eyes, the breathing issues, all that stuff. Um, so we assume we don't know. It could have been the flu, but you know, if you're in the middle of a pandemic and you get the same symptoms as the the pandemic, I mean, do the math. That's what yeah. IU Health right. told me. Um, so, so why do you get reinfected if it's the same disease? Your body has a T cell response. Uh, what happened in, like, for example, in my case or or some of these other cases? Can I get so Omicron? Way, you know, even though yes, I had it and, four years, four months ago. And you will, but you may not. Well, I mean, I guess I don't mean you get Omicron, but you'll get you'll get the SARS CoV two infection more times in your life. I mean, I, that's a certainty. You know, depending on how long you're on the planet, but you will get this infected again and again. This happens to us all the time, right? We have a rhinovirus that comes and causes a cold. Uh, you get sick, and then you are immune to that rhinovirus variant for a while as you have circulating antibodies, but your body can't maintain those antibodies forever. And this totally makes sense, right? And it, if you think about antibodies or proteins, they're thick things that float around your bloodstream. It would not make sense for every virus you've ever encountered in your life to have high levels of antibodies to prevent you from getting sick. If that was the case, the viscosity of your blood, meaning how easily it can move through blood vessels, it'd be like molasses mm -hmm. and you would die. Right. So you cannot, your body cannot maintain it. And so the body is a very clever way of sending cells that recognize that. And so when they encounter um, a piece of that virus, they'll say, aha, I've seen this before and they're ready to ramp up right away. It, and so the variants are, I think, kind of like, I don't know, good way of analogy, maybe like a, a Texas steer and a, and a Holstein. They're both cows, right? They look right. different. They're a little bit different, they're, but they're both cows, right? You can still have a, get a good T-bone. So either way, um, what happens with an infection is you get antibody response. So your body produces all these antibodies to, to drive out the virus, and then it goes away. And it, but it also makes these long-lasting B cells and T cells, so memory cells, this is the cellular immunity, that also have adaptive capabilities too. So not only will they, so they see things that look almost the same, they'll also create an immune response and they'll create new antibodies to, with the new variant, find new targets that are maybe a little different than the previous. You keep those antibodies for a while, but they eventually wane. And in a natural state, this makes sense, right? If an epidemic sweeps through your community of a certain virus, you would want to have circulating antibodies that are really, prevent you from getting infected for a while because you wouldn't want to keep getting the same cold again and again. But you don't need that six months from now, right? That virus has swept through your community. It's gone. So all your body needs to do is say, just have a little in the library and say, okay, we're ready for us when we see it the next time. Now, of course, you'll see it again. You're not going to have antibodies that are so overwhelming that are going to prevent the initial infection. It's still going to, the virus is going to make form a beachhead, but it's not going to get too far. It, it, so what it does is, you know, the virus replicates in your nose for two to five days, whatever it may be. It, and then the, the problem that people get, they get the, you know, the cytokine storms in their lungs with the overwhelming amount of spike proteins. You tell me if I'm getting this completely wrong, but what, yeah, what, what, sort of. yeah. so, right. So basically like what it does is it sort of stops you before you get to a point of no return. And that's sort of what the vaccine is doing while you're seeing, you know, the majority of people who are dying are unvaccinated because their cells haven't been trained in the same way that a vaccinated person's cells have been trained. It, yeah, please clear, that's, that's, please clear whatever that was. Up. I mean, I think that's it, it's hard to like you're getting an analogy because the analogy is sort of like exactly what it is, right? right. So I think the the key the key is remembering that your body has seen this and so it knows what to do. Right. I think it's but it cannot respond instantaneously, right? It's like you have some sentries; they recognize there's a problem. They call, but it doesn't mean that the 
the enemy doesn't penetrate, get over the walls, but they can't get too far. Maybe. Still has to call in reinforcements. If that makes sense. Yeah. Right. And it, and they and they just ramp up production and they they take it out. That's sort of how it works. And that's and that's a very efficient way for your body to do it. It's really cool because your body can actually see something that looks similar, but maybe it sees a coronavirus that's not exactly the same one and says, hey, this is this looks like a, a problem. And it can even adapt and, and fight that off as well, which is why some people are, you know, suggest that maybe certain places in Asia have less problems because they may have some sort of um, similarity to the previous coronaviruses. But anyway, the point is, is that you have long lasting immunity that will that will kick in, but it's not instantaneous. And so you will still get the symptoms and your body does what it's supposed to do. It's supposed to create lots of mucus to clear the viruses out of the viral load out of your, makes you sneeze, makes you cough, keeps it all, you know, all these symptoms we normally get that are annoying that we hate. Uh, they actually keep us healthy. Right. I mean, so that's what they're designed to do, but it does not mean you won't get the initial infection. And so mm-hmm. that's the thing. And that's the thing. I think the when it comes to public health messaging standpoint, that has been the biggest disaster when it comes to Fauci and those people is they have not, pointed out the fact that you will get infected. That's okay. That is not a failure. That's an expectation of the vaccine that you will get infected, but you're not going to get severely sick. Now, of course, some people do get severely sick and some people say, ah, see, it doesn't work. I mean, there are always exceptions. The rule people are, they're frail people who never, like I said, never get that initial immunity, uh, cellular immunity that they should get. Um, But generally speaking, that is exactly how the vaccine works. The vaccine is not it's miraculous in the sense that they can develop it so quickly, which is, you know, amazing, but it's not like it's doing something. It's not like pixie dust, right? It only <laughs> tricks your body into thinking it's been infected with that, with SARS-CoV-2, instead of getting the entire virus that replicates your body and causes problems, it just creates antibodies to the spike protein. But either way, it creates that cellular immunity that you would normally get with a regular infection. That's all it's designed to do. And that's what it does pretty effectively. Well, well that was sort of, I don't know if you heard Dr. Peter McCullough and Joe Rogan. I'm sure most people listening to this listen to it because it was like a big, oh, it's, uh, we're, yeah, not, right. we're not allowed to listen to this, so I'm going to listen to this. <laughs> and that would seem to be hit one of his, if not his main, I'm not all the way through it, but like his main objection to kind of the the public health establishment was that the, the, that all roads led to the vaccine as a way to fix this and not enough in terms of at-home prevention or the the mono please say the word monoclonal antibodies monoclonal antibodies that, yeah. yeah um you know the or he had some like i don't know nose wash thing that he talked about like you know betadine the, i think he wants povidine iodine or something like is, is that something that you would do by the way like when you if you listen to that like were you just were you shaking your head half the time or are you like in agreement or in dismay or what like because he say he was very convincing and that he could kind of off the cuff talk about a lot of these studies and all this stuff but then he'd mention like scott atlas and some of these other people peter navarro as a as a source of truth i was like oh no um but he i agreed with him in that all roads led to the vaccine and that's the only thing that anybody seemed to care about and there's other ways to deal with this. And oh, by the way, people like me and my wife are never counted in terms of the initial infected. And there's got to be millions of people like us that are not, that were never tested and have some met level of immunity, but we're all just pretending that we don't. Yeah. Well, I mean, that's, there's another problem with the, the whole response. It has been that, that we don't, we don't recognize the reg- what the immune system does, it, which is weird because these are people who are really smart. And I've talked to a number of, these people, I guess I talk sometimes, you know, after the, after the recording's done. Sure, like, that's the best part. I just don't get it. 
I don't get why people, these are like Anthony Fauci is a really smart guy. I mean, he knows a lot about immunology, way more than I do. Right. But to discount the fact that people get immune, I mean, the whole point of the vaccine is to simulate the fact that you got infected, which right. means that the only two ways you can get cellular immunity is either through infection or through vaccination. But either way, that's how you end the, you end the pandemic when everyone has that immunity. So there's, there's no other way to do it. I mean, the other way would be to eradicate it or contain it, which obviously you can't do with this respiratory virus. Yeah. And that's, that's been, that's been evident since last, since summer of 2020. Actually, before, by the time we know it's recognized this country, it was clearly all over, right? I mean, as far mm-hmm. as it was all over the world. And Omicron so no was literally like, oh, we get one case in America. And then like literally a day or two later, the 90% of cases are Omicron. <laughs> like, it was literally in- well, it's crazy. Chris, that's just like your, your example yourself, right? Like you never looked for it. Well, you're not going to find it. Right. But guess what? When you start looking for it, like, oh, hey, I guess it's here. Yeah. And, and so that, it was the way this the way the virus had responded the whole time, there was no question it was all over. I mean, by the time they were talking about it in South Africa, you knew it was here. I mean, yeah. if you were a thinking person, there's no question that that was going to be the case. Um, that's the nature of respiratory viruses that are aerosolized, that travel, that are very contagious. And if this one's outcompeting the previous one, which we said, that's pretty contagious, then clearly whatever you did before wasn't going to work. It's not, certainly not going to work with the new one, and which has been evident. I mean, everywhere you look, I mean, the numbers of cases, the people, the number of infections are super high. The question is, you know, is that important? And that's, uh, and that's what we're struggling with right now from a policy standpoint. Well, uh, thank you for your time. I, I really appreciate it. We're excited to have you on the network. Um, and, you know, I'm going to go back and listen. How many episodes have you done? You're up to 154, was it? Let me see here. I think, I'm, uh, I think this week I'm releasing 156. So. Yeah. Uh, I lose track. So, you know, and that's titled, Can We Repair Trust in Public Health After COVID with Dr. Aaron Pomerantz. Um, Tell us a little bit about that episode and maybe one or two others that people ought to go back and grab if they want to go back and listen to the catalog. Yeah, I, mean, I guess it depends what you're interested in. Uh, you know, when it comes, I think Aaron's great. He's a psychologist and he specializes in health, health psychology and conspiracy theories. And I mean, there have hmm. been a couple in this pandemic, so... So we talk about, uh, Dr. Peter Sandman wrote a, an interesting piece. He's a, a, an elderly man now. He left a piece at Michael Olserholm's organization, SIDRAP, actually, University mm-hmm. of Minnesota. Um, and he was just talking about how the just all the failures in the public health space in communicating problems and to not own mistakes and those sorts of things. And so we discussed that in the show. We, we go over a lot of the problems and what sort of messaging standpoint, what messaging differences could have could have had. Uh, and so I think it's a pretty interesting conversation just from the psychology of group think and all those sorts of things that Aaron is able to flush out. Um, I think, you know, when it comes to, if you want to learn about drug primary care, I think what, I think it's episode two with Dr. Ramat is a great episode where she talks about the burnout and why she switched to direct primary care. So a, a lot of my episodes are, I, I, I like to think that I do my show for both a lay person who doesn't know anything about healthcare and still wants to learn, but also for the person who's actually in the trenches. And I think, you know, those are really important. I think episode five would go way back in the, with talking about pharmacy benefit managers, but there are a lot of aspects in middlemen in, in, in medicine that are worth learning about. I talked about forced organ harvesting in China, which is interesting. It's totally, um, which is atrocious. So anyway, we talk about all those sorts of things. And I, you know, I think you can almost go through, if you want to look at stuff with COVID, there's plenty of stuff there to talk, to go through. I think, you know, the ones with Monica Gandhi are good. And then also I talked to Jay Bhattacharya. And when I talked to Dave, David Graham about, we were so, 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 so right about COVID. I think that's a good one. That's a good recap of just sort of where we are, were. And that was two months ago. And I, it's just as 
relevant and accurate as it was then. All right. Well, everybody has a lot of listening to do. Dr. Eric Larson, thank you so much for coming on the show. We really appreciate your time and welcome to the family. All right. Thanks so much, Chris.